Follow The Ron Show on Instagram at Ron Show Radio. The Ron Show on America One Radio. And I'm happy to be joined by Darren Gibbons with Thread ATL. Uh, Darren, I'm just going to dive right in here and tell you, I found uh, Thread Atlanta on Twitter and I just started diving more and more into what you guys were uh, tweeting about. I just found myself ensconced with what Thread ATL is, and I want you to tell my audience what Thread ATL's mission is. Yeah, we're an advocacy group that hopes to help move Atlanta to a place where there's a greater understanding of some of the best practices in cities worldwide for what we call good urbanism, for Mm -hmm. making a city a better place to walk around in, to bike around in, for making a city a more inclusive place for all kinds of people, for all of their different transportation needs, and to make um, Atlanta a more sustainable place, you know, where we're not just uh, getting in a car for every trip and where we can, you know, have some trips with what's called a human powered uh, transportation such as uh, bicycles or just walking around or even transit you know transit is a is a greener option than uh, driving everywhere and what that involves is remaking the city bit by bit incrementally so that we have buildings and streets that really support in their design really support safe walking and safe biking safely getting to and from transit stops for so long we've had a city where we primarily get around in a car. Mm-hmm. Buildings and the streets reflect that. You know, mm-hmm. they they really are oriented towards entry from people getting to places in cars, and that's fine. But it shouldn't be quite that heavily weighted towards cars in a city. I, I get people uh, sending me messages and emails when they move to Atlanta. They find our social media accounts and they say. I thought when I moved here that this was a major city and I was going to be able to get around without a car. Uh-huh. I don't have a car. And uh, what's up with Atlanta, you know? And so we get people who are like surprised that they've moved to a major city and that major city is not supporting the kind of things that you would expect Yeah. in terms of how you can get around. On that note, when you talk to folks who come to the city and, and, and tell you this stark realization they've had, I, I guess, do you sometimes remind them that you're in a a major city, but in a major city that's in the southeastern U.S. that has been battling uh, the long-term effects of past uh, ideas of racism. Yeah, racism, exactly. Racism is is something that was a big fuel for the sprawl in the Atlanta area and in many other Sunbelt cities, Mm -hmm. uh, to be fair. Certainly, it's not just Atlanta, but it's been particularly um, heavy in Atlanta the amount of urban sprawl that we've had. By some measures, Atlanta was the most heavily sprawling and fastest sprawling city in the U.S. during the 1990s and the uh, first decade of the um, current century. And um, a lot of that was driven by racism, which, you know, resulted in white flight away from the city and into the suburbs, but also lots of other little companion decisions such as where the interstates were going to go mm-hmm. what neighborhoods were going to be destroyed by mm-hmm. interstate <laughs> infrastructure mm-hmm. as it got built through the city and through the suburbs and um what kind of zoning uh was going to happen in terms of the what is legally allowed to be built you know according to the zoning laws right um e- even something that seems innocuous if, if you haven't read much about it such as zoning for um cul-de-sac subdivisions you know yeah um th- that's the kind of thing that was 
very pointedly meant to appeal to people who could afford a car, which meant you, you were um, you were designing a place that was going to be approachable by people who were in a particular economic class, which was, you know, by default because of the history of racism in, in America, mm-hmm. going to um, appeal mostly to wealthy whites. I've heard people complain about this, I guess being a, someone who was born and raised in the South, I'm just surrounded by conservatives in, in person and on social media, who like to complain about things that they hear folks on the left say. Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg famously notes how the plotting of interstate highways and and state highways uh, on down a lot of times are rooted in racism and that I guess he labeled some of these roads racist and folks don't understand that but you actually touched on that and I, I'd like you to elaborate can you kind of give us a, a, a petri dish example right here in Atlanta where the plotting of a highway literally disadvantaged a black community or a black area of the city to the advantage well, the, of the suburbanites mm-hmm. yeah well, exactly. Yeah, I mean that, that's what it was. It was advantaging suburbanites driving into the city and disadvantaging the people who had been living in those neighborhoods that the interstate highways were built through. Mm-hmm. And one of the most prominent examples that you can find in Atlanta, and there are several examples, but one of the most prominent ones you can see, especially if you're driving on the interstate, is the way that the um, I-75, I-85 connector goes around that Grady curve and, and um, goes past um, Auburn Avenue. There's, mm-hmm. there's a point, um, there's a particular ramp where you're getting onto 7585 where you can just drive right over um, the apex of uh, the Jesus Save symbol on the Big Bethel Church mm-hmm. there on Auburn Avenue. And it's very prominent. And you can just look over and see uh, a neighborhood that was really, really hurt by the interstate um, infrastructure that was built through there. It just sliced right through. What was called, uh, you know, um, Atlanta's economic uh, black centerpiece there. Uh, It was, you know, the richest black street in America by some standards. Uh, And it was just this, um, it was this fulcrum of black um, economic activity and churches, um, nightclubs, the Royal Peacock, where so many uh, famous black performers played. And Mm -hmm. that building is still there. Unfortunately, um, but then there were all kinds of places where people lived in apartments and whatnot, and um, all destroyed and disconnected. So what's left that wasn't destroyed is heavily disconnected, where it was for many decades a horrible place to walk from one end to the other oh, if you yeah. had to walk underneath the interstate across uh, Auburn Avenue there. And uh, it's gotten a little better, you know, in recent years since they built the streetcar. They did some uh, sprucing up of the. Uh, underpass underneath I-75-85 there on Auburn Avenue, but it's still not a particularly nice place to spend time, you know. It's not a a nice place to walk, and you still end up going by a lot of the, you know, result of disinvestment over the decades. Right, the blight. Yeah, yeah, the blight, yeah. Mm -hmm. In in fact, that underpass uh, is, to me, educational because they note in that underpass, if you ever walk or take the streetcar under that overpass uh, at Auburn Avenue, they note what was there before the interstate. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's brilliant. I think that's brilliant for, for teaching folks, you know, who, you know, dare to walk that path or take the streetcar, how the interstate highway, you know, plotting in a lot of major cities disadvantaged uh, neighborhoods of color in such a way. It was very profound. 
Yeah, exactly. And um, it, and there were several other places that you can point to all along I-20 and further south on 75, 85 mm-hmm. um, uh, neighborhoods um, that were you know, primarily um, minority neighborhoods or immigrant neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. We actually had immigrant neighborhoods in the city of Atlanta, mm-hmm. believe it or not, in yeah. the uh, early 20th century. Um, um, and they were destroyed by the interstate infrastructure. And it seemed to be a consistent pattern across the city and across some other Sunbelt cities where, where these highways were being routed through neighborhoods uh, where they were going to do the most damage to uh, minorities. So we could sit here and bemoan what was and what we've lost and the damage it's done, or we can turn the page, uh, if you don't mind, and, and talk about some of the positives that we actually see in place and coming to the forefront uh, to make Atlanta a, a less car-centric, more pedestrian, and uh, even you know bimodal uh, type of city. We're on with Darren Givens from Thread Atlanta. Follow them at ThreadATL on Twitter. You will learn so much. I do every time I log in and, and come across a new post from Thread Atlanta. Uh, what are some uh, some achievements and some forthcoming uh, nuggets that are are working to make Atlanta a, a more people friendly, less car centric city? One of the things that I've been most excited about is this Mar- MARTA initiative, where they have taken some of the um, surface parking lots that were around the stations, the train stations, and put apartments on top of them. And they're called transit-oriented developments. And there's one that opened a few months ago um, near the King Memorial Station. Mm. On the south side of that station, it was a large, uh, rundown, gross parking lot there next to uh, Oakland Cemetery. Mm-hmm. You know where that is. Mm-hmm. And now it's um, a lot of new apartments and a lot of people who are living now in a place where they can get to transit. And and it's not just transit. There's a whole lot of stuff around there on Memorial Drive mm-hmm. and on uh, the Cap Avenue that they could walk to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that that's something that's really important these MARTA transit-oriented developments are doing. They're putting more people inside street grids that are made to be walked around in. Uh, we know from studies that when you have this kind of, and it's, it doesn't have to be straight up and down street grids, but when you have these streets with a lot of intersections, what's called a high inter- density of intersections, mm-hmm. you know, instead of like a long, 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 long road that has very few intersections, mm-hmm. um, long stretches in between um, crossing streets. When you have that high density of intersections, like you do have in the center of the city, it promotes more walking. It's easier for pedestrians to um, to get around to different kinds of places that they need to get to. And that's what's so great about having these transit-oriented developments. And, and you'll see them happening at various other um, stations as far out east as uh, the Avondale Estates Station, which is outside the city of Atlanta. And then um, we've got one near um, East Lake as well. And I hope that we keep doing that. I hope that we keep replacing those parking lots around MARTA stations with wonderful transit-oriented developments that put more people in places that are easy to walk around in. And mm-hmm. they have to be uh, and they have to be front-loaded with affordability as well, because one of the worst outcomes we could have is just to make this sort of walkable revolution within the city attainable only to the wealthy. Right. We need it to be inclusive. We need for there to be um, affordable homes for lower income people included 
in this growth of new homes and walkable places. And so that's really exciting. And some of the other things that you can see happening around the city are new bike lanes being built. Um, um, Spring Street in Midtown, a uh, really nice new bike lane was built there. And hopefully it will be part of eventually um, uh, a connected network of mm. these uh, sort of protected bike lanes where where people feel safe biking on a heavy street because there is a measure of protection between the bike lane and the um, the car traffic uh, because of some sort of physical barrier there. Um, we've made some headway on that, not as much as we need to. We need to be able to move faster on building that building out that network of protected bike lanes. Um, but yeah, there has been some progress. And obviously the Beltline has been huge for uh, pedestrian, and I'm a biker guy. Uh, I, I like to take my bike from where I live in Old Fourth Ward uh, down to Piedmont Park. I have a 10-mile loop that I... It's all mapped out. I take it down the Beltline to Piedmont Park and back, uh, you know, down here close to Irwin. Uh, that, of course, has been uh, monumental for not just development, but for, uh, again, a mode of transportation, whether it's our two feet or a, a bike or, you know, rollerblades or whatever. Uh, the the, the Beltline has become something of an artery in the city of Atlanta without requiring a vehicle. Yeah, it's wonderful how, how incredibly... Um, popular it has become mm. uh, it, it's not just a place for uh, transportation it's a place where people just come and hang out and stroll and do some people watching especially mm -hmm. on the weekends and it's incredible to see atlantans embrace these long walks between neighborhoods it's something that you know when i was growing up in atlanta i mean in the 1980s you did not see people a whole lot of people uh <laughs> out, you know, walking shoulder to shoulder yeah. um, for miles between neighborhoods. It yeah. was just not something that you saw much of. Um, and that's what the Beltline has done. It has introduced Atlantans to this idea of getting around for long distances from one place to another and having all these destinations along the way, you know, all these wonderful restaurants and whatnot that have, uh, and parks that have popped up along the Beltline. And um, it, it's really great. It's just, it's just one of those things that says, Atlanta is Atlantans, I should say. Atlantans are not as car oriented as you think they are mm -hmm. in their minds. Mm -hmm. Just like anybody in any big city, they'll get out and walk for long distances mm -hmm. if you give them a nice place to walk in. If you give them some nice infrastructure with storefronts along the side, Atlantans don't have different blood than other <laughs> people in other big cities. We're, we're not that different from people in Paris or London, you know. Um, We'll get out and walk if if you build that great infrastructure. Yeah, that's true. So we're on with Darren Givens with Thread Atlanta. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk more about the organization and uh, how, like me, I'd like to get involved. So I'm going to go ahead and give, spoiler alert that real quick, and uh, we'll talk more with Darren after the break. We're with Darren Givens, Thread Atlanta. Follow them at Thread ATL on Twitter. More on the Ron Show. More Ron Show on America One Radio after this. 